0: Good morning, everyone. And welcome to Julia Spare's Moving Markets podcast. It's Tuesday, the 5th of September, and my name is Helen Freer. The rally in Chinese stocks has stalled today after disappointing data. On today's show, I'll be talking about this and more market news with Jonty Warris. And I'm also joined by Manuel Villegas, who's going to update us on the latest news on digital assets, specifically the Bitcoin ETF. But let's start with the market news. Good morning, John T. Good morning, Helen. So after encouraging US jobs data last week, we didn't really see the rebound that we were hoping for in equity markets yesterday.
1: Well, markets were given a boost from the US jobs report on Friday that showed that a steadily cooling labour market is offering the Fed room-to-pause rate increases this month. And investor sentiment had actually seemed to be improving after further news of a weekend surge in home sales in two of China's biggest cities, which could be taken as an early sign that government efforts to cushion a record slowdown in its housing sector are starting to take effect. But with stock markets in the US and Canada remaining closed yesterday for Labour Day, European equity markets had a disappointing run. It was a particularly quiet day of trading in Europe, with trading volumes below their 30-day average by almost a third. Stocks largely gave up any gains they had made, as some of the previous optimism I mentioned before around China's stimulus measures for its ailing property market seemed to fizzle out. That said, sectors with exposure to China, that is consumer, travel and leisure and mining stocks, did manage to advance on the day.
0: And staying in Europe, um, the ECB President Christine Lagarde has been rather cagey as to whether the European Central Bank will raise or hold interest rates at its September meeting next week. What can you tell us there?
1: In a speech she gave in London yesterday, Christine Lagarde gave away no clues on what is seen to be one of the most uncertain decisions in the ECB's year-long battle against inflation. Instead, her rhetoric was mainly focused on the communication challenges the institution faces at an uncertain time. At their meeting next Thursday, ECB officials will have to make the judgment call whether a recent slowdown in the eurozone economy is enough to justify the first pause in its unrelenting tightening cycle that began more than a year ago. And on that topic, we also heard from the ECB's uh, Joachim Nagel yesterday that the ECB's mandate is price stability and not to make banks happy in a comment regarding the changes in interest on reserves, which the ECB announced at its last rate meeting.
0: Okay, and now moving east, um, I've seen a few data points out of Asia-Pacific this morning, Australia, Japan, China and Thailand. Perhaps starting with Australia, um, the central bank there made an announcement on its latest interest rate decision. What are the details there, John T?
1: It did. The Reserve Bank of Australia has indeed decided to hold rates for a third consecutive month, as it assesses whether the sharpest increase in borrowing costs in three decades has done enough to slay inflation. Its cash rate remains at 4.1%, which is the highest since mid-2012, which was in line with expectations.
0: And what about China?
1: Yes, um, China is also moving markets this morning. Uh, Investor sentiment there is still very fragile following yesterday's short-lived optimism. Worries are resurfacing today that the release of a new set of quite disappointing data, the Kaishin PMI numbers, um, which showed that China's services activity in August expanded at the slowest pace in eight months. So we can see that sluggish demand is continuing to plague the Chinese economy and any stimulus efforts so far have failed to kickstart consumption. And this data is broadly aligned with the official services PMI data released last week, which also showed that the sector continued to trend downwards. And this will likely only compound the issues that China is currently facing in its homegrown housing crisis, which is resulting in contagion across the country's private real estate developers, as record numbers of developers are defaulting on their debts. Markets in Asia are trading broadly lower today, with India trading in the green, Japanese indices around flat, and Chinese markets trading in the red. The Shenzhen and Shanghai composites are down by around 0.6%, while the Hang Seng is down by around 1.4% when I checked a moment ago.
0: Now, yesterday we saw the oil price trading close to its highest level this year, with oil futures near nine-month highs. What's behind this?
1: That's right. Yeah, Yesterday, West Texas Intermediate crude rose 0.4%, climbing for the eighth straight day. This marks its longest winning streak since June 2021 on the back of a surge driven by supply cuts from OPEC Plus that have tightened the market. Uh, Prices surged last week on Russia's announcement that it will extend its export curbs. And Saudi Arabia, which alongside Moscow sets the tone at the OPEC plus alliance, is widely expected by traders to follow suit by pushing its restrictions into October.
0: And just finally, what can we expect for the day ahead?
1: Well, this morning we can expect to see a host of services PMI data readings out of France, Germany, Italy and the Eurozone, along with annual Eurozone PPI data. And this afternoon at the market open in the US, we'll see US factory orders for July. And earnings due out today include those from Ashted BKW and Partners Group. And a quick look at the futures board currently shows US equities set for a negative open later today.
0: Very good. Thank you very much, John T, for the summary this morning.
1: Thanks for having me, Helen.
0: Now, Manuel, good morning, firstly, and welcome.
1: Good morning, Helen.
0: Let's talk about the subject of the Bitcoin ETF. I've read that um, Grayscale Investments were successful in getting approval to turn their Grayscale Bitcoin trust into a listed Bitcoin ETF. And Bitcoin rallied on the back of this because this would result in higher demand. But the rally didn't really last very long. So why was this so short-lived? Can you explain a bit more about this?
2: Absolutely. So as you said, Grayscale's win on Wednesday last week marked the hiatus for the crypto industry. After the ruling became public, Bitcoin's price rallied to around 28000 before retracing on Friday after the Securities Exchange Commission delayed their decisions on 7 out of the 11 U.S. Bitcoin spot ETF filings. There's much speculation in the crypto markets as of now, particularly on the regulatory matters. First off, even though the US Court of Appeals dismissed the SEC's concerns and said that the reasonings were arbitrary and capricious, the spot ETF has not been approved per se. The SEC still has 45 days to respond and has essentially three options either approving the product immediately, asking for a revision with a new panel of judges, or taking the case all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States which is highly unlikely.
0: And what should investors expect from the SEC in the coming weeks then?
2: So the truth is that the SEC is in a very complicated situation as the reasons for the appeal stand. There is no denying that spot and futures markets for Bitcoin move in lockstep with a 99.9% correlation. Adding up to the regulatory speculation, another asset manager called Hashtag's changed their product strategy to mitigate the SEC's previous concerns, and the company is now adopting a spot replication strategy, where they would use cash for creations and redemptions, acquiring bitcoins via exchange for physical transactions. As of today, we are expecting decisions on 11 products, and because we think that the SEC will avoid picking any winners, we would consider two hard deadlines. First one being the GBTC appeal in mid-October, and the last deadline for ARG's product, which would be on the 10th of January, 2024. The deployment of a spot product would not be immediate, but the eagerly awaited launch of Bitcoin spot ETFs is now looking much more likely. This should result in renewed tailwinds for Bitcoin prices, not least because of a looming supply squeeze. That said, regulation will likely remain a source of uncertainty and volatility. While macroeconomic headwinds are more likely to fade than intensify despite fears of renewed U.S. interest rate increases, no matter if the U.S. Fed increases rates again or not, we see them very close to the end of the current interest rate hiking cycle.
0: Thanks a lot, Manuel, for the update this morning. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you'd like to listen on. We would really love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when Bernadette will be your host and she'll be speaking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great day, everyone, and bye for now.
2: The information and opinions expressed
0: in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbair.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.
2: Für unsere deutschsprachigen
0: Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market
2: developments.
0: We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.